This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. of a teacher stomping on the American flag in front of students has many upset. Written reports by the principal of the school say she yelled expletives at him and used a racial slur before another teacher intervened. The secret life of Osama bin Laden. A treasure trove of documents taken the night he was killed has just been released by the CIA and they shed new light on what he was thinking, reading, and writing in his final days. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. Welcome to the Late Show. I'll be honest with you, it's beginning to look like I'm not going to get the Tonight Show. I don't think so. News Radio 106.7. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi, and alas, no, this is not my last show, as far as I know. Anyone? What? Why is Greg looking at me like that? Do you know something I don't know? No, as far as I know, I will be right here with you as until they pry my cold, dead fingers from the microphone. Here in the palatial studios of News Radio 1067. And the phone number is 844 404 1067. Thank you so much for listening. I was one of those people who, for, when I, Letterman was must see viewing for me when I was younger. Uh, in college, you had to watch Letterman, period. It was not negotiable. It, and when I did stand up, that was my one fantasy. My one, if someone said, What is the one thing you want to do? Letterman. Uh, and uh, so now he's gone. It's a bummer. We'll be uh, playing some highlights from last night's show for you throughout my show uh, today. So I hope you will join me for that. Also, a lot of stuff to give away today, including those of you who are budding authors. They're the first annual Publish 15 Publishing Conventions coming up in Cumming, Georgia. And later this hour, your chance to win uh, tickets to this two-day publishing convention on how you can get your stuff published, whatever. Stay tuned for that. We're going to do that. Of course, the lunch line, we do that every day around 1145 from uh, the Village Tavern in Alpharetta. So that's just, just for hanging out. We give you free stuff just for hanging out with me, Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show. I also love it when, during the course of our conversation, this, this is how it feels like to me. It's like this is the Natural Truth Diner, and we all get together every morning at some point between 9 and noon, hang out as long as we can, and talk about what's going on. It's always cool when something we talked about yesterday pops back up. Yesterday. Many of you were lining up on the phones at 844-404-1067 to celebrate or defend the teacher who whipped off his belt in the middle of class and started wailing away on a couple of kids. (laughs) Slinging his belt over his head, hitting anything beneath his feet that was moving, and you were defending him. Say, Michael! That's what these teachers need to do. They need to give these kids a beating. Absolutely. He did the right thing. So, uh, okay, well, in Clayton County, we have a story of an 11-year-old who, according to the principal and according to numerous eyewitnesses, was treated, well, let's just say less than kindly. Reports by the principal of the school say she yelled expletives at him and used a racial slur before another teacher intervened. 
So the story is that the school nurse, Beverly Barnes, approached this 11-year-old, started yelling at him. Once again, this was out in the, uh, uh, I believe it was the cafeteria. It wasn't in the little office. And she's yelling. She tells him to, well, uh, how about if we let the mother tell you um, what uh, was apparently said? Degrading. Very degrading. I'm going to F you up. I'm going to knock your effing lights out. You're talking to an 11-year-old. My heart, I swear, was going 100 miles per hour. Then I had to remind myself to breathe. Yeah, that's not a good way to, for a school worker in Clayton County or anywhere else to treat our kids, right? And they are our kids. My kids are mine. Your kids are yours, right? They're ours. Okay. So the mom finds out that her son had this nurse screaming at him, dropped the N-bomb on him, screamed, I'm going to F you up. Once again, this is in front of people, and hit him. So she's pretty darn upset. The school looks into it. They get all these eyewitnesses, students and other school employees saying, yep, absolutely. everything except for the hitting. That's the one disputed area. So what happens to uh, Clayton County school nurse Beverly Barnes at Mundy's Mill Middle School? Two-day suspension. Two. Two-day paid suspension. She basically gets a vacation. For screaming, yelling, and hitting a kid. So I assume you're with the, t- the nurse on this, right? Some kids just need to be straightened out. Some kids just need to be straightened In other words, a government employee has made the decision that your 11-year-old needs to have the F-bomb and the N-bomb drop on him. And all you good big brother conservatives are okay with that, right? Right? That's what you told me yesterday. Michael, he's got to whip off his belt. He's got to whip off his belt. Okay. Just, look, I'm just trying to find out what I'm allowed to stop teachers and uh, school officials and government workers from doing to my children. See, I have a 12-year-old, so she's right in this same neighborhood. She goes to a middle school. Actually, she's still in elementary school. And this could be her. So you tell me if, you, if you're okay with this. Now, even, but listen, I, I, here's what I'm going to do. I know many of you are. Many of you are okay with that. That whatever the, the school decides a kid needs, the Just do it. Okay. How about this part? So the mom, the kid says, Mommy, the teacher, the nurse hit me. And the mom goes and asks the other kids, yeah, she hit him. So she goes to the school and says, hey, yo, (laughs) this nurse hit my son. It happened out in public. You have video cameras, right? You videotape all the, the school, the kids. You spy on the kids all the time, right? Yes, we do. You've got videotape of it. Yes, we do. Well, I want to see the videotape. So she goes in and sees the videotape, and what she says she sees is that the kid got hit, got whacked. The school says, no, he didn't. So she says, well, hell, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. You're contradicting me? I just watched the videotape. That's right. We're not, we, we, we don't see that. We look at it. We don't see him getting hit. So she says, fine. We'll solve this. Just release the videotape. Give me a copy to take home, and I'll show it to the press, and everyone can look at it. Whoa, wait a minute. whoa. You're going to have the citizens and the media and people looking at what we're doing here in Clayton County in our public schools? Uh, No, we're not going to do that. We refuse to release the videotape. What do you mean you refuse? There's no refuse. This is a public school, public kids. You work for the public. You have the videotape. A kid allegedly got whacked, hit by a school nurse in front of a bunch of other kids. Release the tape. Oh, no, we we are not. What, What? What do you? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes. Release 
the videotape, it is the right thing to do. But this is what uh, Clayton County school officials are telling citizens, taxpayers, and parents. Citing privacy concerns, Clayton County will not release the surveillance video. Uh, No, there are no privacy concerns. It's a public school. There is no privacy concern. Zero. These kids are in a public place, a public cafeteria. You're a public organization. And so that's where I'm wondering, maybe, just maybe, we can come to an agreement. Do you agree with me? That the school absolutely should release the video and they have no right not to. Or do you agree with the school that some of the things that they do to your child, they should be able to do in secret? Do you believe that that these school officials, the government workers, should be able to treat your kids how they choose to and then hide what they do? And this is the whole conversation. And, you know, the conversation starts with this and it goes straight to Senator Rand Paul. It goes straight to the teacher who was stomping on a flag. It goes straight to all these other issues, because as soon as you say, yes, sir, Mr. Government, whatever you say, you can beat my kids and you can search. my." Oh, do you know the story about the uh, first grader who had a teacher reach in her underwear, reach into a girl's underwear at school? And the school said, well, it's fine. We, did, we had to do it. We were looking for something. What? As soon as you give the government permission to have more power over your kids than you have, they're going to take it and they're going to run with it. This is not on Clayton County. This is not on this mom. It's not even on the beating nurse or the 11-year-old victim. It is on you. Is it okay with you for Georgia teachers to do stuff to your children in secret and never show you what they did. Is that okay with you? Because this is our state and our country and your radio show. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Top 10 things I've always wanted to say to Dave. Number 10, Alec Baldwin. <clears throat> of all the talk shows, yours is most geographically convenient to my home. Number 9, Barbara Walters. Okay. Dave, did you know that you wear the same cologne as Muammar Gaddafi? Yes. Yes, Barbara. Television era ended last night uh, with uh, Dave Letterman and The Late Show. Just beginning here at uh, 919. I am Michael Graham, 844-404-1067. So the story is very simple. A kid comes home and tells his mom, Mom, the nurse yelled at me, screamed at me, called me the F-bomb and, uh, uh, or excuse me, dropped the F-bomb on me and the N-word on me. The uh, mom is very, very upset. This is in Clayton County with good reason. This happened to a student at your school that you say you're here to protect at all costs and you didn't. If it would have been the other way around, Jason would have been locked up on the spot. I would have been going to pick my child up from Clayton County Juvenile Detention Center. What makes her any different from Jason? Here's one difference. She got a two-day paid suspension. So she got a two-day vacation. Number two, the school acknowledges. The the school isn't hiding it. They say you're absolutely right. The the, uh, nurse screamed at F-bomb, N-bomb. The only thing they dispute is the hitting, which is on a videotape. But when the mom said, well, then give me a copy of the videotape, the T-School said, no, we don't have to release it to you. You're just a parent. You're just a taxpayer. 
You're just a mother. Who do you think we are? We are Clayton County. We are Mundy's Mill Middle School. We we are we answer as many questions from citizens as Hillary Clinton does from the press. Who do you think you are? And there it is. There is the standard. It is the swinging belt standard. Once you say it's okay with you, my big brother conservative friends, that the schools make these decisions without the parents. Once you say it's okay, beat on them, yell at them, whatever, then you're done. And not you can't even access a public video from a public school cafeteria featuring public teachers beating your kids. Is this okay with you? 844-404-1067. Chris, you're on with Michael Graham. Hey, good morning, Michael. How are you? I'm fine, sir. All right. First and foremost, I do not agree with the reasoning behind these two, uh, the teacher with the belt and the nurse uh, cussing them out. Now, I want to kind of get on a little bit of a soapbox, and I'll try and make it short. The box is yours, Chris. Take it away. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have seven children, and I brought them up in a spare the rod, spoil the child, shorten their life mentality. Okay? So with that, I, when they went to public schools, being they're homeschooled now, I told the teachers, do not ever be afraid to snatch up my child if they are out of line, if they are physically <laughs> hurting another child. You know, I'm, I'm okay with that, but there had better be a very good reason. It better be for the same reason I would snatch them up at home. So in that aspect, I, I think we have made monsters out of the childhood society right now. Mm-hmm. By things like the overbearing of child protective services, I think they have taken a a good service and turned these children into monsters by taking it too far. Uh, you got an 11 year old that calls because he got spanked for punching his little sister in the face, and all of a sudden the parents are being taken to jail, sure. and the child is being put in in custody of uh, foster care. So they have they have allowed these children to realize at their young age that they have more power than they should have, okay? We are their custodians until they are of legal age, 18 years old by most state standards, federal standards. We are in charge of them. We take responsibility for them. Okay, Chris, soapbox soapbox time is over. Soapbox time is over just because I want to get to other callers. Uh, I love what you're saying, but one last quick question. Are you with me that the biggest outrage in this Clayton County story is that the mom will not, they won't give her the video that shows what actually happened, that they're saying it's no one else's business what we do sucks to be you? You are absolutely right. That video should be turned over to the parent, if not to the parent's attorney, so that she can see where the justification was. Exactly. That's the whole point. That is the whole point here is the premise is that the, the school says the kids belong to us. And if we want the, the classic story also from Maryland where the 11, the belt was going on. Uh, someone said, teacher, teacher, someone stole my lunch money. I think it was a $5 bill. And I was doing radio at the time when this happened. So they gather all the first graders and they searched the first graders, including in their underwear. A teacher reached in a little girl's underwear looking for this $5 bill. And when the parents, obviously, they came home, what happened to your school today? And my favorite part of the story is the parents didn't believe the kid. They're like, there's no, there's no way. Mommy, Ms. Johnson reached the way in the way. What? No. So they contact us. We're like, oh, this is something weird. We must misunderstand. They call, oh, yeah, yeah, we dug right down around in there. We just reached around in her hoochie. We got stuff to check out. And the answer for the school was, well, hey, it's our school. We'll do to your kids what we want to do to your kids. 
That only happens when we as parents and citizens and taxpayers say it's okay for the teacher to the schools to do this. And then what are they going to do with them? They are going to beat them with belts. They're going to smack them around. They're going to teach them uh, stuff about uh, values that we don't support. And you're going to, you will have written them the permission slip to do exactly that. Philip, you're on with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Yes, sir. I just, uh, just my wife's a teacher and it just seems like you really vilify, you know, teachers and, mm-hmm. We're we're taxpayers too. I mean, we're not. She's not out there trying to beat kids or anything like that. But she was actually pregnant with my first child, and had a had a kindergarten student like try to punch her in the stomach. Mm-hmm. And all she can do is, you know, like you said yesterday, call in other teachers and restrain the kid and everything like that, and then mention it to the to the parent. Well, then you mention it to the parent, and nothing happens. The student comes in the next day. And he's the same. Nothing changes. Still violent. You can't. You know, it's just. It's just and so I mean, I just kind of see how a lot of these teachers. It, it just blows up on them. I mean. Mm-hmm. Really well, let me ask you this: Should should the treatment of your that your wife ladles out to kids be secret from the parents, or should the parents be able to see the? No, video I agree. I agree with the last caller. Like like he said. I mean, it, it that should very much be made public and everything like that, but. I mean, it just seems like, you know, always taking the kid side and the parent side and everything like that. But it, it's very, it's very, very hard from like stories I've heard from my wife and, and her friends that are teachers and everything like that with these kids that have no respect or discipline at home right. or for themselves or, you know, for anything like that. Well, Philip, it's a tough job. Uh, if your wife does it well, tell her thank you very much for doing it well. But that doesn't open the door to, and that's why I was wailing away with a belt, and that's why I was digging around in your kid's underwear, and that's why I was smacking your kid around and hiding the videotape. Once again, Clayton County taxpayers, listen up. Hiding the videotape from you, your school, your cafeteria, your kids, because they think they're better than you, and you as citizens don't deserve any better. Are they right? You tell me. I'm Michael Graham. Express yourself. That's what we ask you to do right here on the show. Express yourself. It is 935 at News Radio 1067. By the way, how would you like to experience YouTube in the Big Apple? Well, you're in luck. News Radio 1067 has your chance to rock out live in Madison Square Garden with YouTube on their 2015 Innocence and Experience Tour. Air, hotel, and tickets to the show all on us. Experience YouTube in the Big Apple. Enter online now at newsradio1067.com. 844-404-1067. We're talking about whether or not you're still comfortable with uh, our conversation yesterday where many of you defended the teacher who was wailing on kids with a belt, <laughs> foaming mouth and out of control because they needed it. Now that we have a Clayton County situation where an 11-year-old kid had the N-bomb dropped on him by a teacher, was shouted at, F you, I'm going to F you up, and allegedly hit the kid. Clayton County has a video. The mom wants the video. They won't release it to the mom because they said, well, we don't have to. That's the answer. It's not. We can't. Other school districts in the area, according to reporting, release video to parents all the time. It's because we don't have to. Because who are you? You're just a parent. You're just a citizen. And that's the dangerous slope 
Which brings us to this story for out of Illinois that also involves kids and classroom. And once again, I'm assuming my big brother conservative listeners, you're with the teacher on this one, too. Uproar after learning a high school teacher stepped on an American flag. It happened Friday at the junior senior high school. Now some in that town are banding together to protest what the teacher did. They're meeting outside of the school, marching with an American flag to show their patriotism. The district placed the teacher on leave and said they are investigating the case. They released this statement, quote, the district recognizes the community is upset about the situation and is seeking answers. The board and administration respect the community's right to express their objection to this teacher's behavior. Yeah, the you district can, also said that's enough. You, making- you, you can express your objection, but that's the end of it, because once again, who are you? The story is out of Martinsville, Illinois, that the teacher was using the U.S. flag as a pointer. A student told the teacher that using the flag this way was disrespectful. So the teacher, annoyed that the student, the mere student who ought to have a belt taken to him, would dare, dare to challenge a government person and authority. No! He expressed his anger by throwing the flag on the ground, according to the report, and stomping on it. There, student. Well, the te- quoting again, the teacher subsequently quarreled with the students in his class who spoke out against the actions. Well, if you're going to speak out against the teacher, I-, I personally, I think the kids should have been dragged out of class and beaten in public. They should have been flogged. They should have gotten the guy with the belt to come flog the teacher and then let the nurse in Clayton County punch him in the face a few times. But these there these students are defending the American flag and disrespecting a teacher. So the uh, students in the next class period who heard about the actions protested by placing their heads on their desks and refusing to look up at the teacher. Hangin's too good for him. The teacher then got angry and grabbed the students' shoulders, trying to force them to lift up their heads then sent the students to the principal office under threats of detention. So, right? We're all with the teacher, right? It's whatever they want to do. That's, that's what I was told. I'm just trying to learn the lesson. At 844-404-1067, if my son or daughter had been one of the kids with their head on the desk, I would have been so incredibly proud of my disruptive, chaos-spreading, non-authority-obeying, uh, uh, citizen student in that classroom. So who do you want your kid to be? Do you want your kid to be, yes, sir, whatever you say, sir, stop on the flag, sir. Or do you want your kid to be the, I'm going to leave my head on my desk, what you did disgusts me, and no, I'm not just going to obey you because you might beat me and get celebrated by Michael Graham's listeners and News Radio 106.7. Tim, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to tell a little story about um, when I was in Florida in middle school around 1999. I was in eighth grade and uh, this was public school and I punched this kid in the arm and I got in trouble and I had the option of getting paddled. I think it was five hits with a paddle or five days of in-school suspension. And uh, my parent had to decide which one and they chose the in-school suspension. So I just pretty much sat there for five days and, you know, did that, but I thought it was interesting that I had the option of getting right. battled. Which one would you have preferred if they'd asked you? Uh, well, at the time, I actually was like, hey, just give me five paddles. Exactly. Care. <laughs> but um, I actually just got the five days of in-school suspension and being, a, you know, whatever, I just sat there and read my own book for five days and did nothing. Yep, nothing, pretty much. Yeah. Which, by the way, was not that different from what I did in school every day. 
I don't don't know that it would have made much difference. Thanks for sharing that real-life story of your experience. I appreciate it. Tony is on News Radio 106.7. Hello, Tony. Good morning, my favorite panatheist. How are you doing this morning? (laughs) (laughs) Look, I got an easy solution. This is about the Mondays No Middle School. I got an easy solution. But I have a comment I have to say first. What, What is consistent with Trayvon Martin, Michael Gray, any of these cases that you see that's always consistent? The mother says... They were pure as the wind driven exactly. snow on their way to college oh. to get their PhD, <laughs> and their life was cut short. So this mother's story, I mm. take with a grain of salt. You should. I'd like to hear the other side of the story. I'd like to but see the videotape. Yeah, she says that she saw the videotape and saw her children, her child hit, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. It's very simple. You call the police. You file assault charges. Mm-hmm. The police take the video into evidence, and then you prosecute and let the jury decide. Which the, which the school will cave before that. But, because everything schools do now is to protect themselves from lawsuits. But That's all they do. That, that, is a, 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 that is a path. You can go hire a lawyer and spend money to get a public videotape of a public school treating your public child with a public employee. Or the school can just hand over the videotape to the mom because it's her child and her school. What's wrong with that, Tony? What's wrong with the well, government workers working for us instead of us having to hire more government workers to get the first government workers to do their job? I don't know. Can the nurse sue an invasion of privacy? What invasion of privacy? She's a public school teacher in a public cafeteria. I, mean, I see your point. I see your point. And, and again, I, my understanding is mm. is that other schools regularly you know, release tapes that's, like that's that. That's what the news report said. Exactly. But this is, I guess what I'm saying, Tony, is I, you, you look, you, you're absolutely right. There are other ways to skin this cat, if I'm still allowed to use that metaphor with PETA out there. Am I allowed... I'm trying to talk about something the next level down. That I'm, I'm tr- are we really comfortable being a nation full of people who go hat in hand to whether it's Hillary Clinton? Please answer some questions about your policy and about your corruption, about your email, please. I might if I feel like it. Are we really comfortable being a, a nation of people? Please, please don't beat my children, please. Well, it's up to me, but I'll think of, please let me see my videotape of my son in my school. Do, is, do we really want to be the cast of Oliver going to our government? Please, sir, more groom, more freedom, more, more liberty, more power, more, more citizen, please, sir. No, I don't. And maybe I'm the, maybe it's just me and Rand Paul. We're going to play some Rand Paul audio coming up. Maybe we're the only two people who think that instead of us, please, sir, please don't spy on me. Can I please have permission not to be spied on? It's the other way. Hi, we'd like to read your video, read your email. Well, you'll have to get a warrant because it's my email. We'd like to have your phone records. Fine, you'll have to get a warrant because they're my phone records. Yeah, we'd like to take pictures of your license plate and just store it. Yeah, with a warrant because it's my car and it's me. That is the fight in America. And I understand many of you are against me on this fight. Many of you are with the, Michael, you're just lucky that the government doesn't shoot you down. You're just lucky they let you live here. I understand that. Are you comfortable? Really? Is that the America that our parents fought for, that our grandparents fought for, and that you want to live in? It's not the one I want to live in. I want to make a better America. I think a lot of you do, too. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Top 10 things I've always wanted to say to Dave. Number eight, Steve Martin. Your extensive plastic surgery was a necessity. And a mistake. (laughs) 
Number seven, Jerry Seinfeld. Dave, I have no idea what I'll do when you go off the air. You know, I just thought of something. I'll be fine. It's time, 51. I am Michael Graham. So, have you dreamed of writing a book, publishing a book? Well, the first annual Publish 15 public... The first annual Publish 15 convention is coming to Cumming, Georgia, the Forsyth uh, Convention Conference Center, uh, June 13th and 14th. And I've got two tickets to the would-be author or the successful author out there who would like to attend absolutely free. Call 844-404-1067 right now. The third caller, the two-day publishing convention with 20 different workshops featuring experts in the publishing industry, access to live demonstrations and giveaways if you've always dreamed of Writing a book, publishing a book, how do you reach markets? You'll find it all out in the first annual Publish 15 convention in coming uh, Saturday and Sunday, June 13th and 14th. Call 844-404-1067 right now and get your tickets uh, or win your free tickets to third caller right now. Free tickets. Absolutely. So I get asked, you call, call earlier, you mentioned about you're so tough on teachers. You're like, well, I'm, I'm tough on government workers. And the reason I'm tough on government workers is because they get to live in a different universe than we get to live in. We do the worst possible thing we can do at our job, like endanger the license from this. And then we get invited to pursue other options. Trust me. I know. But if government workers screw up, different things happen. They get to keep their job. They get to stay in the payroll and on and on and on and on. And, on. and maybe the best example from today is this. In Virginia, a Democratic legislator, Joe Morrissey, had been was facing charges that he had committed statutory rape, had had sex with a teenager um, and uh, was facing charges that could have been in jail for up to 41 years. This all happened last year during the election. He was actually in jail when he was running for re-election. Did I mention he's a Democrat? And so while he's in jail running for re-election as an independent... Because he had to leave because the Virginia Democrats picked another candidate. So he just ran. Anyway, he was, in fact, reelected. This is a guy charged with having sex with this girl. She's pregnant. It's his baby. He now confirms that he's the father of his teen secretary's baby. But get this. He reached a plea agreement that reduces his jail time to less than a year and allows him to maintain his seat because in the plea agreement, he acknowledges that it's his baby, but denies that they ever had sex. Let me me read that to you again. Throughout his campaign to maintain his seat, which he ran out of his jail cell, the Virginia Democrat denied that the allegations of sex were true. He's now reached a special plea agreement that allows him to accept guilty charges without admitting the charge that he had sex with the girl. She has his baby. In fact, if you uh, go to my Facebook page, Michael Graham Show, you can see the photo. It's him, the teenager, and the baby. And he's holding, they're posing together, but he never had sex with her. This is what you can get away with when you're in the realm of of politics and government. This is why we've got to toughen up because they will look us right in the face. I did not have sex with that woman. They will do it. They will 
look us right in the face and say, yes, that's my baby, but no, I didn't have sex with her. Really, Jesus? Really? How did that? How is this working for you? Uh, That's why we got to fight back. I love it when Rand Paul gets on a tear. I do. I love it when he reminds people of uh, what's what's really going on in the United States. Most people don't really realize this. Most people have no idea that the government's position, and currently maybe the Supreme Court's position, is that you don't have any Fourth Amendment right in your, in your records, unless you've got them in your house. And uh, I think this is something that the more people understand it, and the more people are drawn to this issue, maybe people will demand that we have some justice here. That we live in an era where ultimately no one, are gonna, no one is going to have paper records in their house. All of your records are going to be electronic. And because they're held and they're managed somehow by a third party, does that really mean we've given up our right? I say it doesn't. I think that the uh, love letters you keep on Google Docs are your love letters and not the government's love letters. I think the notes on your book that you're writing about your theory of conspiracy, whatever it is, advancing the Second Amendment should be yours, whether they're housed in the cloud or housed in a box under your bed. That's what I think, because I think that's the point of America. And the politicians of the world who can look you in the eye and say, what emails? They weren't my emails. They were the State Department's emails. You mean the ones that you kept on a server in your basement that the State Department didn't know about? Yes. The ones they didn't know about were theirs. You mean the ones on the server that you destroyed? Yes, those. As long as that's who we have governing us and leading us, there's no way you can say to them, hey, what's mine is mine and what's mine is yours. At least not with me cooperating. And did you hear about the massive number of documents that we found when we uh, killed Osama bin Laden? Out of 1.5 million, the feds have now released about 100. Steve Hayes is going to join us to talk about what those documents showed us amazing. And there's an actual Al-Qaeda job application. I'm not kidding. There's an Al-Qaeda job application. And we have Osama bin Laden's library list. Phenomenal, the books that are on that list. You'll find about all of that coming up. I'm Michael Graham. Good morning. It's 10.05 on News Radio 106.7. I am Michael Graham, your only licensed and authorized distributor of the natural truth. The natural truth, the way the world really is. Let me give you some natural truth. Right now. First of all, here's an example. Oh, oh, I forgot to do I forgot to do this right before the break. Shout out to Sandra Paget from Ella J. She'll be attending the Publish 15 publishing convention in uh, coming uh, in June. A great uh, event for people who've always wanted to write a book, get a book published. Everything you need to know will be happening right there at the Publish 15 event. This is an example from Josh Ernest in the White House of not the natural truth on, on the overall track record of military operations, U.S. Uh, the president's strategy on this, you said we've seen periods of progress and success. Would you say that overall this strategy has been a success? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yes. I, overall, yes. <laughs> overall, the strategy against ISIS has been a success. In the last four days, ISIS has taken over two more cities. They now, they now control every major city in Anbar province. They just took over the uh, ancient city of Palmyra in Syria, and they're on the move. And if you follow me on Twitter, I am M. Graham, or if you uh, see my Facebook page, I've posted the latest map of all of the places where ISIS is reported. And this is not reported like, you know, Uncle Phil said this or some... You know, just some guest on a talk show, but rather, 
you know, military sources, intelligence sources are telling members of the media, hey, ISIS is here and they're in Egypt, they're in Malaysia. It's a huge, huge map. That is not the natural truth that our system is working. Obviously not. And here's the deal. Look, it, why is President Obama telling us that our strategy against ISIS is working? Well, because he's not going to change it. He knows you know he's lying. He knows he's lying. He's just it's not going to. Look, you're a politician. you got to say something. It's, it's just what you say. That's what you do. And I'm sure many of you remember in the Iraq war before the surge. Everything's going great. Fantastic. Don't look anywhere. Everything's fine. And of course it wasn't. But then we did the surge and we fixed it. And it was doing well. And it was going the right direction. And we were we had done something great. But anyway, enough of that. We talked about that um, yesterday. Uh, the point is that the strategy against ISIS is not working. And everybody knows it. But you just say it is. Because that's what politicians do. The natural truth is the answer, the antidote to that. That's why we do this show. Uh, Another example of the natural truth that fits in with this, while ISIS is taking over uh, uh, cities and while they are on the move and while Americans are more at threat, according to the lead intelligence officer in the United States, than we have been since 9-11, guess what they're fighting over and working on in Congress right now? I'm not making this up. Actual headline, I say as I stall, because I just had this article out. Where the heck did it go? Um, The question is, should combat troops have their needs as breastfeeders accommodated? In the U.S. military, are they ready to accommodate breastfeeding soldiers? New York Representative Nikki Sanga, so I actually know a little bit, has added a provision to the defense bill that would establish comprehensive new policy to aid nursing mothers serving in combat. (sighs) She says this is necessary because she's heard, quote, too many stories from service women who have recently had children. Uh, They had a fighter wing that restricted breastfeeding in public. The armies had to establish a comprehensive policy towards breastfeeding to include work breaks and designated private clean rooms with electrical outlets where women are, including combat arenas. And no, the bathroom doesn't count. Here's the natural truth that everybody knows. Breastfeeding mom, combat soldier, pick one. You can be a great breastfeeding mom or you can be a great combat soldier. Well, we'll get to that in a second. But breastfeeding mom or combat soldier, you have to pick one. There's no such thing as a great breastfeeding combat soldier. And so, obviously, out in the world, people are upset by this and they say, you're being sexist. No, I'm not. This has nothing to do with sexist. What makes you a lousy combat soldier isn't that you're a female what makes you a lousy combat soldier is that you're breastfeeding. If there was a guy, you know, if he had man boobs and they, for whatever, suddenly working and, you know, he had a kid latched on each nip, he would not be able to be the fighting soldier that we need him to be. Does, and, and this is why we, I, I call it the natural truth. Is there any serious minded person who disagrees with that statement? You can say, well, isn't it a shame that women have to choose between you know, what they want to do for their country, what they want to do for their baby. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a shame, but it's a biological. Isn't it a shame that people can't fly, that we can't just fly ourselves? Isn't it a shame we don't have psychic powers and we can't find the terrorists by looking into their brain? Isn't it a shame that there's gravity? Yeah, this is all a shame, but it's all the natural truth. 
So while ISIS is on the move and the terrorists are gearing up and uh, al-Qaeda is stronger than it's been since we first invaded Afghanistan, we've got no joke Congress right now, which will not pass a policy on what to do about ISIS in Syria and Iraq, fighting over whether or not we should accommodate breastfeeding mothers closer to the combat line. And my question for you at 844-404-1067 is, number one, do you find this conversation as stupid as I do? Or, or, and number two, do you agree that we should make it easier for women to be able to breastfeed at or near the front? The fact that we have this conversation, should, here, I'll put it this way. In the caves of Kandahar, nobody is saying, Ahmed, we need to slow down our attacks on America to accommodate the women. No one is saying that. When President Obama gives a speech yesterday where he declares that the uh, uh, national security challenge that is the greatest for the United States is global warming, ISIS loves that. They love it. That we're talking about the natural security threats of global warming and the lack of breast pumps while they are stuffing explosives on little children and trying to smuggle them into our you know, military facilities. How weak are we going to be? I've got another uh, national security outrage for you. When we first had the chance to capture Osama bin Laden, but didn't because of the lack of courage of our president, when we killed the guy instead of taking him to a dark op spot and squeezing every drop of information out of him, we seized more than one and a half million documents. About 100 to 200 of them have now been released years later. We've been sitting on them. Even members of Congress haven't been able to see most of them. We need those documents. What do those documents tell us? I mean, this is the treasure trove. This is like catching Hitler halfway through World War II. Where's the information? Where's the intel? We're going to discuss that and the current fight with ISIS, etc. with Steve Hayes of the Weekly Standard and Fox News. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Top 10 things I've always wanted to say to Dave. Number six, Jim Carrey. Honestly, Dave, I've always found you to be a bit of an overactor. <laughs> Number five, Chris Rock. I'm just glad your show is being given to another white guy. It's 1019. Ah, yeah. Michael Graham. So much talk, so little time, so many documents hidden away from us from the Bin Laden drop, so many emails. And here to discuss it all is the lovely and talented Steve Hayes of Fox News Channel and the Weekly Standard. Steve, you saw that they found Osama Bin Laden's library? I did indeed. Weren't you shocked to see that The Dadly Virtues was one of the books on the shelf? That's amazing. He loves your work. I mean, it's it's a great Father's Day <laughs> gift, so maybe he got that. Well, he had three wives, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, let me ask you, uh, the, uh, the message of the White House is everything's going great with ISIS. Everything's wonderful. All is well. Oh, and by the way, here are a handful of little documents from the Obama uh, bin Laden stash, that mean, Osama bin Laden stash, that mean nothing. Is any of that right. true? Um, no, basically not. I mean, you know, I think ISIS is being rolled back in the same manner that Al Qaeda was on the run. Right. I mean, that's what we were told in 2012 in the lead up to the presidential election. Plainly, that wasn't true at the time. Mike Flynn, the former head of the Defense Intelligence Agency, says that he was telling the administration in 2012 that Al Qaeda had doubled in size and was expanding. 
And yet we know that the administration went to the public and said al-Qaeda was on the run. Al-Qaeda was decimated. So, no, it wasn't true then. Certainly not true now that ISIS is, is uh, feeling any real pressure from the United States. Certainly nothing that's rolling them back. And then on the bin Laden documents, the administration has now put out a total of just over 100 documents out of a cache, a document cache of more than one million. Uh, and they're playing games with the ones they've put out. They've put out documents that suggest tension between Iran and al-Qaeda, and certainly there was some. But there are documents that are yet unreleased that show much more coordination and a much cozier relationship between the Iranian regime and al-Qaeda. Uh, what about the claim from Susan Rice that the Obama administration has ended two wars responsibly? Is there anything that we're seeing now with ISIS, al-Qaeda, or in these uh, bin Laden documents that would back up that premise? Argue that that they've ended the wars. I, mean, I don't even know what that means in this context. We we just well, the fighting, the fighting's it. over, right? I mean, there's no one, there's no fighting in Syria or Libya or Iraq right. or anything, right? I mean, it's over. Well, I mean, our our, our people are fighting uh, in Syria. You know, I mean, we 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 just did this this raid on Abu Sayyaf, uh, this leader in in Syria, with our apparently, according to public reports, our Delta Force. Uh, a couple Delta Force teams uh, got him, killed him, uh, captured his wife. Uh, I'm told we captured others as well. Uh, yeah, clearly we're still fighting and we're losing. That's the that's the argument here. It's not just that they've ended wars. It's that we're still fighting. We haven't ended the wars. And to the extent that we're doing anything, we're losing. Uh, so why then does the White House, why does the spokesperson keep saying that the strategy is working? Um, because at this point, they have nothing else to say. I mean, we're, we're now at the point where this is, you know, beyond delusional. Delusional is almost giving them too much credit because it suggests <laughs> that that they don't really have a grasp on what's happening. I think they firmly mm -hmm. understand what's happening, and they're just misrepresenting it to the American public. Again, we've seen this before, and it wasn't just with al-Qaeda in the 2012 time frame. Remember, after the Christmas Day bomber, Umar Farouk Abdul-Muttalib, in December of 2009, President Obama went out three days after we learned that Abdul-Muttalib had been sent by al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. The president went public and said he was an isolated extremist. Mm -hmm. This is what the administration has done on the war on terror because they are ideologically committed to ending the fighting or to ending our fighting. We're not in, we haven't ended the fighting. We're at much greater risk today than we are than we were in January of 2009. And I don't see any sign that the administration is going to learn those hard lessons. Uh, I have to tell you that I was a little bit surprised to see on Bin Laden's bookshelf every, uh, what you should expect when you're expecting to explode. I had not read that book. That's a, a new one. And I also understood so he had some al-Qaeda job applications as well. And I would love to see. I just want to sit in in like the HR department of al-Qaeda. Uh, I understand that they are very, very worried because Hillary Clinton's, you know, they think will be president. And you uh, pointed out that she has had, uh, in a campaign that's had some bad days already, she may have had her worst day now that the New York Times is reporting on Sid Blumenthal and her emails. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, certainly the, the reports from a couple of days ago were explosive about the, the long chain of emails between Hillary Clinton and Sidney Blumenthal, this sort of uh, conspiracy theorist that, that has been part of the Clinton orbit now for a couple decades. And I thought that might have been the worst day. There are new revelations today uh, in the New York Times um, basically suggesting that 
Hillary Clinton's emails on Benghazi, uh, the, the administration's public line on Benghazi, may have been taken in part from Sidney Blumenthal. He was somebody who was peddling the video story in the immediate aftermath of those attacks. And as we now know, uh, that made it into the administration's uh, public narrative. And there's another email that Hillary Clinton sent that's in in the email batch that she turned over to the State Department that has her sort of gaming out the politics of Benghazi. Blumenthal sends an email to Hillary Clinton and says, hey, you know, this is the way that Republicans are planning to attack on Benghazi. Hillary Clinton then passes this on to others and says, make sure that Ben understands that this attack is coming. Well, Ben, in all likelihood, almost certainly is Ben Rhodes, who is the president's deputy national security advisor and communications specialist at the White House, undercuts administration claims that they weren't coordinating on the politics of this, that they weren't coordinating on the message, and makes even more important, I think, an email that Ben Rhodes sent back in that same time frame saying, let's let's fix the blame on the Benghazi attacks on this video. Right. And because that was the plan, because as we now know, the DIA told Hillary within hours of the attack, it was a pre-planned terrorist attack and not an uh, a, a, a out-of-control movie review. Well, there were several different intelligence reports circulating at the time. The one unearthed by Judicial Watch earlier this week, which uh, Judicial Watch reported was dated on September 12th, so it would have been just hours, was actually dated September 16th, so it's a little bit further back. But having said that, there were other reports clearly that suggested an al-Qaeda role, al-Qaeda affiliate role in these attacks, suggested planning uh, in these attacks. In fact, one of the emails that Sidney Blumenthal sent into Hillary Clinton said the attacks were planned in advance and were conducted by al-Qaeda affiliates. Steve Hayes, thank you for bringing us up to date on this incredibly confusing story. We'll continue to watch you on Fox News <laughs> Channel and in the Weekly Standard. We pre- and by the way, I can, I can get you one of those al-Qaeda job applications, you know, if you need one. I know things are a little shaky. Uh, I don't, over there I don't need you. one. No, thank you. You sure? No, thank you. I think you look, you look great. You know how Walmart has a blue vest for all their workers? Well, they have a vest, too. It's just a little lumpy. Yeah. Than the, I don't think it would fit me. <laughs> Steve Hayes with the Weekly Standard. Thanks so much. I am Michael Graham. It's 1035. I am Michael Graham. Hey, Braves fans, all season long, the Braves score five or more runs. You score at Express Oil Change and Service Center with dollars off their full service oil change. Braves won, but it was two to one. So uh, no discount today, but the Braves are back in action tonight. Listen to the Braves here on News Radio 106.7 to see if you get cash off tomorrow at Express Oil Change and Service Center. Okay, those of you who have served in the military, male and female, 844-404-1067, I want to ask you. You just heard Steve A's describe how badly things are going as we try to stop ISIS. You've also heard all the nonsense about how we're doing a great job, everything's terrific. My maybe my favorite headline of the day, and I tweeted this out. I am M Graham. It's absolutely true. How Republicans hope to turn Islamic State into a problem for Democrats. Republicans are going to turn it into a problem. Those mean old Republicans. Everyone knows the Democrats haven't had anything to do with foreign policy the past six years. Why are you blaming the Democrats? It's not like the president's a Democrat or the Democrats control Congress or anything. What's wrong with you, you mean old Republican meaners? So in the middle of all this, the middle of the uh, growing threat, the middle of the terror attacks that go from you know Paris 
offices to Texas public schools. The Congress is debating whether or not the Affordable Care Act can be imposed on the military when it comes to breastfeeding. And they want uh, breastfeeding to be accommodated while uh, women are deployed. And that is the key word here, uh, is that the Army needs a policy to provide acceptable accommodations to women, quote, during their military deployment. Now, I want to be clarify something because I was talking about combat. What I mean by deployed for combat, I don't mean that they're on the front lines, you know, actually shooting at people. I mean that they're in forward combat bases. You know, And when you're at the base, and let's face it, in Afghanistan, those bases get attacked all the time. But when you're at the base and you're a woman and you've had a kid and somehow <laughs> he's at the, I don't know, I don't know where you're deployed, we should be accommodating you. Do you agree that the military should do more to accommodate breastfeeding women? Uh, this should be a priority. 844-404-1067. We've given the services the discretion to develop a policy, Congresswoman Sanga says. You can't be the best army in the world if you're not welcoming women. That's Massachusetts Democrat Nikki. Am I surprised that's a Massachusetts Democrat? You can't be the best army in the world if you are not welcoming women, close quote. Let me give you a little natural truth here. You can't be the best army you can be if you do accommodate women. Once again, it has nothing to do with women being a people of value, women having skills, it's women being equal. I personally don't know why women would want to demote themselves to saying that they're equal to men. Women are smarter than men. Women are better than men. But when it comes, but when you want someone to kill people and break stuff, you want men. There should be zero women in combat. Zero. Because, well, let's put it this way. Let's say that we and the Russians decided, let's say, we're going to throw down. And we're going to have a fight of our elites. You put your best 1,000 troops, we'll put our best 1,000 troops, and they can fight it out. And whoever wins gets Ukraine. How many of our best 1,000 troops would be women. Well, let's, let's actually look at it another way. How many of Russia's best 1,000 would be women? Answer is none. But using the idiotic PC Obama White House philosophy, at least whatever, you know, 12% of ours would have to be women. So there'd be 12% you just wipe off right there. It's the same reason that we mandate that we have a certain number of firefighters that are women. You know what happens when you have a crew of eight that it takes to operate a fire truck? and one of them is women, a woman, you have to have nine. I'm not exaggerating. You have to have nine because the woman can't carry people. She can't lift things. It's not because she's bad or evil or inferior. It's because she can't. It's called biology. And I'm sorry, ladies, there is no voting on biology. I vote that the men start having the children now. I, you can vote all you want. This is, the rea- this is the reality. This is the real world. One woman, Olga Vandergriff, very upset by men in the military complaining about this, says, quote, I felt guilty just putting on my maternity uniform because males immediately assumed I wasn't good at my job because I'm carrying a baby. So males can start a family, no problem, but I can't. That's right. You're absolutely right. Men can start a family and go off and fight, and it doesn't cause the same problems as when a woman decides to start a family because men don't get pregnant. I'm sorry. This is this is not a secret you know, plot against women from evil sexists and Halliburton, okay? 
No fraternities at University of Virginia got together and said, we'll make the women have the babies. It's just how it works. No men can breastfeed. I don't understand why it's an issue when women breastfeed. What about men? They can't. This is why it's called the natural truth. Everybody knows that I'm telling the truth. Every feminist listening right now, every liberal listening right now, every woman listening right now knows that I'm telling the truth. There should be no women in combat. None. There should be no accommodation of breastfeeding. None. But you're not allowed to say that, Michael, because we've just decided that we're just not going. We're going to pretend that's not true. We know it's true, but we're going to pretend it's not. So you're not allowed to say it. Ah, 844-404-1067 is my phone number. Billy is on News Radio 1067. Good morning, Billy. Good morning, Michael. Uh, Having served 30 years in the military Mm -hmm. and have deployed with women overseas, the next thing you know, Congress and the powers to be are going to want to say, well, she's got a child, she can breastfeed. We need to deploy that child (laughs) with that mother and so we're going to pay for that also. Yeah. And and so what? Uh, when they when they sign the dotted line, we have single parents, single mothers that are that have children, and the military takes them. Are they going to not have to sign that document? Say they have to sign now that someone has to take care of that child while that person is deployed. That's a very uh, good question. So. So when when a person is deployed to an overseas unit, that is, uh, I was in the Navy, so mm-hmm. on sea duty, considered sea duty, uh, where they say go to Sasebo, Japan, there's no problem with it. But the minute that person has to deploy on a ship, right. they're going to let them go on a ship? No, that's you a know, very good question. It, uh, I, women shouldn't be, you know, it, it, it's, it's just wrong. Well, and the, and it's a fact of the world that, you know, these are facts of biology. This isn't an argument about politics or who's good and who's bad. And that's what drives me crazy is that there are certain people in the political realm in the name of political correctness and their politics who insist that we pretend that up is down and black and white is white and, you know, uh, milk is butter and whatever. And I'm sorry, the world is as the world is. 844-404-1067. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. On, on the overall track record of military operations, US, uh, the president's strategy on this, you said we've seen periods of progress and success. Would you say that overall the strategy has been a success? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, yes. overall, yes. No, 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 not lying. Just a modified diversion of the truth. I'm Michael Graham, 844-404-1067. Coming up in about an hour, your chance to win free lunch from the Village Tavern in Alpharetta in the lunch line. Right now we're talking about, number one, how we're doing in the fight against ISIS, etc., and whether or not you agree with the White House that we're winning. We got them on the run. We got them right where we want them. And that it's unfair, as the Washington Post puts it, for, quote, Republicans attempting to make campaign issue of ISIS for Democrats. Yeah, because Democrats had nothing to do with it. And then secondly, this push-up in Congress right now, is the U.S. military ready to accommodate breastfeeding soldiers? God, I hope not. What a dumb idea, and it just shows why we're losing. is because we're not focused on fighting. We're focused on politics first. 
844-404-1067. Kathy is on the air. Thanks for the call, Kathy. You're talking to Michael Graham. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good, thank you. Great. Go right ahead. Well, um, I knew a woman that was deployed, and she breastfed by freezing her breast milk, and the uh, supply planes go back and forth because mm-hmm. normally the base that is deployed goes back and forth with supplies. And they just took the frozen breast milk and gave it to her husband who took care of the baby. Her husband was not in the military. Right. She was. Oh, goody. Um, it's, it's, well, I mean, it could work, theoretically. Wouldn't it just be easier for her to not be deployed? Then her career mm-hmm. is put on the back burner. Right. And she didn't want that. She wanted to have a career okay. well, in the military. But she also wanted and to have children. And she was good at her job. She was great at her job. Huh? But I, she wanted to breastfeed her baby. It was well, important to as, her. As and long they made as her, it work. As long as her job wasn't killing other people, I'm sure she was great at it. But the problem is that that's the kind of the number one job. Top of the application. You know, can you kill other people? And women are just not very good at it compared to men. Right? Well, there's a lot right. of support jobs that women do. You're absolutely right. But what and happens when the, the base support jobs? But what happens when the base gets overrun in Afghanistan or Iraq? And then people need to fight. You see my point that we would never, ever pick a woman to be the last person between you and your family, but you know, between you and Al-Qaeda ever, right? Well, they are. Well, that's, that's bad. That's, I don't support that. We also deploy women on submarines. You know what happens when we deploy women on submarines? They get pregnant. The surface Navy has a major problem with uh, occurrences of unintended pregnancies as well. From 2006 to 2008, the number of operational deferments for pregnant women serving in the Navy jumped by 50% from 1,770 to more than 3,000 in just two years. Uh, Women serving on submarines uh, uh, have massive um, outbreak. I love how they call it an outbreak of pregnancy. This is not, we don't need pregnant chicks on submarines that are deployed to the Persian Gulf. I mean, once again, nothing against women. This has nothing to do with putting someone above or below somebody. It's just, I don't want guy. well, yeah, because let me tell you, if you put men and women in the same place together, someone's going to be on top and someone's going to be on the bottom eventually. It's just going to happen. That's human nature. And no, I don't want a uh, army of guys running my daycare center. And no, I don't want an army of women fighting my wars because I'm not a moron. It has nothing to do with thinking anyone's better or worse than each other. It's just the natural truth. Paige, you're on the air. Thanks for the call. Go right ahead. Thanks. Uh, women are a distraction. doesn't matter if it's military or, you know, in mm-hmm. civilian. They're a distraction. Even talking about it is a distraction. Men need to do what they need to do. And if a woman chooses the military as her career, then she's already made her decision. Her distraction is, is when she has a child. How is she going to fight when she's worried about little Johnny or Susie at home? Very good now, that point. is just completely insane. Either you choose to be a mother or you choose to fight for your country. Do I want women in combat? No, it's very disturbing even thinking about women being executed by ISIS. Paige, women are a distraction, but it's a distraction I could not live without. I love the distraction that a woman that are the distraction that is woman. I love it. I just don't want to do dumb things when it comes to the security of our country and pretending that the military should be focused right now on our breastfeeding policies and not on the beating ISIS policy is just stupid. Allison is on News Radio 1067. Hey, Michael. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Glad to. Uh, 
I am a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America, and, uh, you know, culinary is a male-dominated field. And um, it's not that I – when I met my husband and I decided that I wanted to, you know, have a life with him and, and children, I made a decision and I got out of the culinary industry. And the reason being is I knew that as a mother and a wife that, that the brutal schedule of being in the kitchen and it is a lot of physical demand was not the environment that was conducive to being a good mother or being available for kids that are sick or whatever. I made this choice, and it doesn't mean I'm, I'm actually very capable in the kitchen, but it, I made the choice because that was the life that I chose. I wanted to be a mom. And it's the same thing with the military. I'm a great shot. Do I want to go out and sit up and, you know, pick people off? Right. Well, that's a whole other story. But exactly. should I be in a uniform and do it? Right. No, I have children. I have responsibilities. The the mother is the the soul that core nurturer, and I agree with the page just said. You know, I don't need to be doing that. I'd be worried about my kids at home. I you know, I, it's just a difference between men, men and women physiologically and emotionally. We are different. And viva la difference. That's what I say. I am Michael Graham. of a teacher stomping on the American flag in front of students has many upset. Written reports by the principal of the school say she yelled expletives at him and used a racial slur before another teacher intervened. The secret life of Osama bin Laden, a treasure trove of documents taken the night he was killed, has just been released by the CIA, and they shed new light on what he was thinking, reading, and writing in his final days. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. Welcome to the Late Show. I'll be honest with you, it's beginning to look like I'm not going to get the Tonight Show. I don't think. It's 11.06 at News Radio 106.7. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River, thrilled, delighted, honored, and quite frankly, stunned that you've chosen to let me hang out with you yet again here on the radio on the Michael Graham Show. And regarding our last topic, which is the military fighting over whether or not they are doing enough to accommodate breastfeeding soldiers. Oh, yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? That's you know that's the question that I ponder all the time. Particularly, you know, I can, I bet you I've asked Greg Talmadge that question a half a dozen times. I've got nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? But he's never, uh, never tried. At least uh, not that I know of. We're so happy that you are here. So much conversation at eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. You can follow me on uh, Twitter. I am M Graham, or via email. Michael at MichaelGraham.com. We want to hear from you. Your uh, chance to win lunch coming up in about 40-ish minutes or so here. Uh, as far as the breaking news, is just more talk about what Hillary knew and when she knew it about Benghazi and about scandal and about the money coming into her foundation. And the answer is we all know the natural truth. <laughs> Hillary is, as my dad would say, crooked as a dog's hind leg. That's not news. Anyone who in, in the slim minority that says that Hillary Clinton is honest or trustworthy is just a liar. I'm not, they're not stupid. Don't call them stupid. They're just lying. They know she's a crook. They just don't want to admit she's a crook because they're going to vote for her anyway. It's like the uh, guy who's driving over to the cheap motel to meet his secretary, despite the fact that his wife is waiting for him at home. 
If you stop and ask him if adultery is wrong, he knows the right answer. He just doesn't want to talk about it because he's going to do what he's going to do. And the same thing with people who are going to vote for Hillary. They're not thinking about their vote. They don't care about thinking about their vote. She could stand up tomorrow and announce, hi, I'm on fire right now. People go, yep, she's on fire. Here she is. And they just, it doesn't matter what the truth is. So I don't want to waste a lot of time talking about stuff when people don't care. I'm more interested in stuff that we can have an impact on. Oh, but I will say there's one part of there's one part of the uh, uh, Osama bin Laden story that's interesting to me. Uh, Steve Hayes highlighted earlier on the show, and if you missed it, we post a podcast of the show every afternoon at michaelgram.com, right? Usually in the noon hour, about how outrageous it is that we have a million and a half documents that we got from the Osama bin Laden raid, and yet a hundred, maybe two hundred total, have been released. And then they show all kinds of scary stuff, all kinds of connections between Iran and Al Qaeda, all kinds of uh, uh, information about how in-depth Osama bin Laden's control of uh, terrorist attacks was, et cetera, et cetera. But also contained, I'm not making this up, a book, the stack, the list of books that the guy had and what's uh, that Osama bin Laden had. What's interesting to me is I know some of the authors of some of the books that he had, at least two of them. I mean, how creepy would it be to have a book that you wrote in the Osama bin Laden library. I mean, if, if I'd gone through the list and it had been whatever, you know, uh, uh, how to win friends and influence people, <laughs> everything you wanted to know about sex but were afraid to ask. Actually, I guess his would be everything you wanted to know about goats but were afraid to ask. And then, you know, that's no angry mob. That's my mob. What? No. Well, I guess for him it would be that's no angry mob, except it is. Or that's no angry mob. That's a terrorist attack in the Benghazi compound. But it would definitely creep me out if one of the books I'd written had been on the stack of the Osama bin Laden book list and people are already doing a terrific hashtag bin Laden's bookshelf and they have a list of books here that you will find there let me I may share a couple of these with you real quickly um and they're also also um in the uh the litany of stuff we found we found an actual job application for al-Qaeda al-Qaeda had he had put together like a no joke, a form. They even asked about, like, name your next of kin and stuff. I'm like, what? Are you are you kidding me? A job application for Al-Qaeda. Okay, first, what's on Bin Laden's bookshelf? That's the hashtag, Bin Laden's bookshelf. Um, and uh, so uh, some of the stuff you'll find. Little House on the Radar was one of the books that you will find on his shelf. Martha Stewart's Compound Living on the shelf the seven habits of highly explosive people this is very handy that would be good Good to know isis is from mars al-qaeda is from venus i found that very illuminating harry potter and the prisoner afghanistan i enjoyed that one very much uh let's see um someone else commented that bin laden's bookshelf is the name of the worst used bookstore ever the worst name for used bookstore ever uh and uh, horton hears a houthi I've not read that one to my kids. So feel free to add to that on Twitter. But we're also looking for the questions that you would ask someone in an Al-Qaeda job interview. What is it that you want the person to tell you? I I just can't imagine. And I also have to wonder how many young Americans, like how many soccer boy demographic Americans would make the cut because, I mean, when you're when you are going to be a whack job Islamist terrorist, you have to actually know how to do stuff 
You, know, you have to actually know how to build a bomb, hide it from people, get where you want to go. I mean, we've got people who can barely make the microwave work when they're stoned having to build bombs using pressure cookers. This is tough work. So I'm not, I, I don't know that the average American college grad could even pass the Al-Qaeda job application process. But if you have a question you'd like to add, the hashtag is Al-Qaeda job application, or you can email me, michael at michaelgram.com. One of the uh, items that the people pushing for military accommodation of breastfeeding, one, some, one thing they're also pushing, is uh, tougher standards for sexual assault in the military. And we absolutely need that. It is an outrage that, as one nurse who was deployed put it, I was more afraid of our own soldiers than I was of the enemy. But having said that, did you see the story today that the Georgia Board of Regents has approved a new college sexual assault policy? I have been warning you about this for weeks. The Board of Regents has been hiding the information about what they're doing for weeks. I've been asking them to come on the show and discuss it for weeks. They have refused to discuss it on the air for weeks. Well, now you're going to find out what. how is your son going to be treated if he chooses to go to the University of Georgia or Kennesaw State or any other school in the uh, Georgia system, University of Georgia system, and he's accused by a girl of having committed sexual assault. What will happen to your son? Find out when we come back. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Top 10 things I've always wanted to say today. Uh, number four, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Thanks for letting me take part in another hugely disappointing series finale. Number three, Peyton Manning. Dave, you are to comedy what I am to comedy. <laughs> It's 1120. I am Michael Graham. The news story that you heard virtually nothing about from any other news, alleged news outlet, is that the Georgia Board of Regents has approved a new college campus safety and security guideline program. You think, well, Michael, of course I've heard nothing. It's boring. Who cares that the Board of Regents UGA at the University of Georgia system has approved that their uh, uh, group, their campus safety group, has recommended a bunch of uh, plans on the campus safety initiative, and they've now been passed by the Board of Regents and are being cheered by Board of Regents Ch- Chairman Neil Pruitt and by the Chancellor Hank Huckabee. Who cares? Well, here's who should care. Every parent of a son who might be taking a, a class or attending one of the colleges in the University of Georgia system, whether it's Georgia, KSU, Uh, Gwinnett, Georgia Gwinnett College, whatever. Because here's what has happened. And I'll just read one line from you. The initiative initiative also mandates system-wide training for specific institution staff responsible for enforcing and investigating alleged Title IX violations. Title IX is the magic word. Title IX is the federal law that the federal government uses to threaten to withhold money unless colleges do what the feds, in this case, the Obama administration wants. It's the reason why you've seen the news stories, if you're a sports guy, of like a team, a college men's wrestling team will win the national championship one year and be disbanded the next, because Title IX says there have to be so many slots for men and women, it has to be equal, et cetera, and so you've seen that. Well, another aspect of Title IX 
that you, once again, if you have a son who is or will be attending college in Georgia, you need to know, is that you can't use the standard of proof of guilty beyond a reasonable doubt when you're investigating an alleged rape or sexual assault. You have to use the Title IX standard where you uh, it's merely a presumption of guilt. If you have enough information that makes you presume that it's more likely than not that it was a rape, then your son is guilty of rape and he's punished by the school for rape and he's kicked out of school for rape and it goes on his record as a rapist. Maybe you've seen the news stories about the woman schlepping her uh, mattress around Columbia University and she actually wore it on her or carried up on stage when she got her diploma the other day, Emma Sulkowitz. She has repeatedly falsely accused a guy of raping her and everybody knows that it's false. Everybody knows that the case has been debunked. In fact, the Columbia University is already using that new lower standard, the preponderance of evidence standard. In other words, it's more likely than not that he did. And she still it still failed that because they have a stack of texts and Facebook posts that show that after the alleged rape, she was texting the guy back and forth and chatting. Can't wait to see you and offering to do things that I can't mention on this show to you. It's been investigated. He's innocent, and yet he's still being smeared at Columbia University. We've had uh, uh, situations here in the state of Georgia where two people hook up in Athens drinking at Whiskey Bent, and they agree to consensual sex. And then afterwards, months afterwards, the woman involved says, uh, uh, no, it wasn't consensual. Now, now that I think about it, it wasn't. And then the guy gets dragged in under the presumption that he must be guilty. And we have story after story after the, uh, of this where the women after the alleged rape maintain relationships with the guys, uh, you know, send you know, once again, emails, Facebooks. There's, there's a record of what's happening here. But because of the new standard where you have this kangaroo court of college administrators who look at, listen to the stories. And by the way, you're not allowed, if you're the accused, if you're the guy who's going to have your reputation smeared for the rest of your life and lose your college education, you're not allowed to ask her questions. In some of the schools, you're not allowed to ever confront the actual, what they do is they say, well, this is what she told us. You don't get to be in the room while she tells her story. And then even after you're cleared, This idiot roams around campus with a mattress on her back saying, he raped me, he raped me, he raped me. And the media, of course, covers you and blah, blah, blah. And so this is my question for you. This is what your government, Georgia, the state of Georgia is doing right now, and they've never disclosed it. But next year, and when I say next year, I mean this, actually this year, this September, when your son is on campus at UGA or wherever, and he and a girl you know, whatever, you know, true love and blah, blah, blah. Your son, when if she accuses him, the presumption is going to be that he's guilty. And my question for you at 844-404-1067 is, are you okay with that? Are you comfortable knowing that your son's pretty much, in a lot of ways, life? I mean, once you're smeared as a sex offender, oh, my God. Here's what I don't understand, and no one has ever answered this question for me, whether it's in New York, Boston, or here. 
Why are schools even investigating sexual assault? A rape is one of the most serious crimes. Why don't you just call the police and have the police come out? In the case I told you about earlier uh, of the girl drinking at Whiskey Bend who decided months later that she had been raped, uh, the police were eventually were called, but they said, look, we can't win an indictment. Why? Because, as tragically so often is the case, it's he said, she said. There's no physical evidence. She waited so long. We really, you know, there's just not a lot of evidence. You saw what happened at UVA, right? An entire fraternity smeared as a rape camp, and it didn't happen. And the woman who made the accusation is a nut. And now we all know that she's a nut, but it's too late. Why would Georgia... And why would the state of Georgia and why would Governor Deal, who oversees the UG, University of Georgia system, and why would Mr. Huckabee, why would they put this system of your sons are probably rapists on you without coming out and talking about it, without explaining it? Why would they do that to you? And the answer is they know it's wrong, but they want the money. So they're hoping you'll never notice until you get the call. Dad, Mom. Yeah, I swear. I thought we were dating. She said yes. And it was three months ago. And now I'm in a room, locked in a room and I'm not allowed to have a lawyer. And they tell me that if they think I'm guilty, they're going to kick me out and tell every school in America that I'm a sexual assaulter and a rapist. Mom, dad, what do I do? Mom, dad, you should have done something today. 844-404-1067. I'm Michael Graham. This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit AtlantaHomesGuru.com forward slash radio.